But other than that, one made a massive jump up from nine to five. One way to make a living. But I, but I sort of... <laughs> Hello and welcome to Marvelling Marvel, and we're not talking about Marvel, which is probably a little bit at confusing all. at all. <laughs> we might mention it at the end because there's loads of stuff being announced, but um, we're talking about the movies of Christopher Nolan. We're going 10 to 1, ranking them. We've all ranked them already. Then we're going to read them out, our number 10s, number 9s, number 8s, whatevers, all the way down to our favourite Christopher Nolan film. To do this, we have myself. We have Steve. Steve, how's it going, buddy? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, ready to ready to rock and roll with this. Ready to rock yeah. and roll. What a prick. Uh, and <laughs> Terry, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm rubbing my thighs as we speak, my oh, friend. Oh, God, I, this has been... I mean, I think we first good. started talking about this in, what, 1995? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we basically all watched the following and went, yeah, we should do a ranking of his film. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I'm excited about this one. Mm. Oh. Right, should we just get straight into it? Christopher Nolan is yeah. a director. He's made many films, and we're going to spoil all these films. So if you haven't seen them... Oh, yeah, this is a spoiler yeah. special. Room. Yeah, we're mentioning all the stuff that happens in them, because he's not quite as twisty as M. Night Shyamalan, but there are some killer twists in a lot of his films. So. Yeah, if we if we tried, we could probably talk about them without spoiling things, but fuck it. No. I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> I'm not talking about Memento without the big thing about memento let me put it that way um what, that it's backwards it's all backwards yeah there we go i just said we're spoiling it and i'm like oh i'm not going to talk about it so yeah fuck it yeah bruce yeah. willis was dead all along he's dead all along yeah um tyler durden's not real um kaiser sose was kevin spacey darth vader's luke's father luke's father yeah oh terry come on Oh yeah, that's bit, there's, yeah. There's, there's a joke and then there's too far <laughs> right who wants to kick it off then? Number ten on our Nolan list. I've got a feeling we might all have the same one. To be fair. Oh really? I don't know. Yeah, I reckon we might have as well. Okay, well, uh, um, I'll go first then because mine's obvious because I don't like this film at all. Dark Knight Rises. Oh no, we don't then. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand the Dark Knight You're Rises. A huh? It's a bad You're film. A it's a badly made film. It's the only so badly you, made film he's done. This, th- so for you, it's yeah. actually a bad film, yeah. whereas for me, my Ted is my least favourite. Oh, no, it's not just a badly made. It annoys me as a Batman fan as well. So, like, it, it ticks all these boxes of things that I don't want in a film. So I, I, I just I watch it and go and just get annoyed more than anything, which is a shame because I love the other two. Um, oh. I thought, just like, where? I mean, where to start? Anne Hathaway as Catwoman's bad. I think she's amazing in this film. I oh. think she doesn't get enough love. Yeah, I'm no. with Terry on this one. I think the scene alone where she's negotiating with the guy and she like calls in the friend mm. and she's acting all scared, then she's all in control, then she kicks the living shit out of them all and then as the police come in, she starts screaming hysterically and then snaps back out of it. I think that is an amazing piece of acting, that sort of ten minutes. Yeah. It just didn't really strike me as being particularly Catwoman-y in this film. It's my biggest issue, really, more than anything. Like, really was... poorly cast as Catwoman, I thought. Yeah, but I don't think she was necessarily... It's not like... Not Catwoman, trying to be Catwoman. Is it? She yeah, is Catwoman. It's, it's an... Yeah, but she's not... It's, it's not like... 
they're making the fucking Tim Burton films with Catwoman where they're going leaning into the comic books of she's Catwoman. No, this is just she is a thief called Selena Kyle who, when she wears her suit and puts her goggles up, kind of looks a bit like a cat. <sighs> yeah, because Catwoman's <laughs> never been Catwoman because she's into cats, and that's the one thing that the, the Tim Burton one kind of leans into. Um, but uh, I. It still, like, there still weren't enough cues for it to be like, oh, that's Catwoman, apart from the fact that she has, as you say, goggles that look like cat ears when they're <laughs> up. Um, little things as well, how much of a prick Batman is in this film. Not, not going to tell Alfred that you're actually still alive, are you? No? You're just going to let him like come to that conclusion when he goes on a sad holiday all on his own, knowing that fucking... Because he knew he was going to go on the holiday. He never knew he was going to go on that holiday. He never. He no, did. it's never explained in that film. Never. because he tells him that when he was missing he went there all the time for yeah. his holiday and hoped to see him so he's like I know I'll give him a fucking heart attack yes. by turning up yeah, on no, his holiday no, no. Oh, yeah, turning up after he thinks I'm dead <laughs> so yeah um, uh, the Robin twist is one of the worst in, in... yeah that was oh. that yeah, felt tacked on that yeah. felt really tacked on and there are some bits I like I actually really like Bane as being like a proper comic villain in this as well mm. Uh, with yeah, you know, amazing. a tinge of sadness to quote Shaun of the Dead um, it's <laughs> yeah I really like him I like Marion Cotillard in pretty much everything she's in so I'll, I'll, yeah. I like that I like Kick-Ass Commissioner Gordon in, in all of these films um, and at any time the Scarecrow is in any of these films I fucking love it and f- as far as I'm concerned he's got one of the better scenes in this film as well where he's just oh, like yeah, he's got a great scene yeah, this. I, so, so there are things I like about it just as a film it just it just rubs me up the wrong way but yeah. what, what is it? It's um, death or what's the word? Exile. Yes, exile. Yeah. yeah. I choose exile. I choose death. Death by exile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, I think he doesn't get enough love in these films. But we'll get on to him when we get to talk about Batman Begins. But yeah, mm. um, yeah. So number ten is for me. Dark Knight Rises. It was always going to be Dark Knight Rises. So who wants to go next? I mean, yeah, it's it's not the best Batman film, but. Yeah. I still yeah, it's my least favorite. It's still it's like too long. It's still like my fifth favorite Batman film. There are worse Batman films than this. By let's quite not, a let's long not way. Get into the other Batman films at this stage. That's, <laughs> no. that's a whole other pod. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Mm. So yeah, who's next? Go on, then, Stephen. Uh, my number ten is Dunkirk. Oh ah. no, no, we ha- none of us have got the same. Um, <laughs> so the reason why I put this one as number ten, because I'll be honest, this is probably my Poxy least fucking watched. war, isn't it? <laughs> Um, the funny thing is I'm actually a massive fan mm. of war films yeah um, I think you know there's been some great ones over the years I mean probably the best one was quite recent was 1917 but um, I just felt like it was, it, it, I know we've said it many times before the thing is with the Nolan films we're not ranking them to what we hate to what we love mm. it's they're all great films and I think this was just apart from Dark Knight Rises if you ask me <laughs> I know, I, but then, then I spent a good like five minutes listing things I liked about it so it's it's yeah. not like I truly hate it, but yeah. Sorry yeah, so there's nothing about the film I necessarily hate. Yeah. Um, for me, it was just literally my least favourite out of the 10 that he's done. Mm. Good film, solid story. I think it won a couple of Oscars, two, three Oscars, I think it was, uh, which was really good. Doc said, um, couldn't really fault anyone who was in it. But yeah, for me, it was just, there was nine films better, I think, out of the 10 I've done. So, and to be honest with you, I haven't actually seen it for ages. Mm. So I, I can't really go into too much detail about the films. I know sort of films where I know I've seen it, I know the story, but if you ask me to go into specifics, I'll be a bit like, um, I can't actually fully remember this, this and this. But for me, it's Dunkirk. So yeah, I'll leave it as that. 
I watched it the first time in a cheery one-two punch with that and we should, they shall not grow old. I'm like, fucking hell, what a, fucking what, hell, what a fun Sunday morning that was. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> yes. Bring us uh, down a bit more, why yeah. don't you, Dan? Uh, Terry, then. Honestly, if you don't uh, so my number it, 10 uh, is Insomnia, mm. which I did have mm. to re-watch for this because I hadn't seen it for a long time. It's the only one that's not available on Blu-ray, which mm. seems really mm. random. Had to buy it on DVD. Good old CX coming to the rescue at a pound. (laughs) Um, But for me, I don't know because it's obviously it's its only like properly non-original film. Mm. Because even though the Batman films obviously aren't necessarily original, but he created the stories. Whereas this is obviously a remake of a Swedish film. And for me, and obviously Al Pacino is great in it. Robin Williams doing his usual thing of being absolutely fucking brilliant when he's an absolute asshole slash dark character. Hilary Swank's in it as well, so it's got mm. got the pedigree, but it's just I don't know. There's just Yeah, it's not that I hate it, it's just I don't love it. And yeah, just my least favourite. I just think sort of plot wise, it's kind of a bit it's certainly probably the most linear Christopher Nolan mm. film. Because obviously we know that this man likes to fuck with time and it's the least tricksy. But yeah, there's just I don't know, just something about it. I mean I'm this is possibly sacrilege to say I'm not the biggest Al Pacino fan in the world either. I don't. I don't think he is sacrilege. Certainly recently, yeah. Al Pacino. He just shouts a lot these days, doesn't he? <laughs> it's scent, um, scent of a woman, wasn't it? That was the cut-off point. Yeah. And everything after Scent of a Woman, his idea of acting was shouting a lot. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> the scent of a woman yeah. before or after Heat. I think Heat came after that. So we'll I give think. Him oh, maybe well. he, he's fucking great in Heat. To be fair, so yeah, yeah. he's fucking yeah. amazing. Yeah. Which is obviously, we'll get onto it later, a big inspiration for Nolan for some mm. of his films that he's made. Um, but yeah, as I say, not not a dreadful film, but yeah, for me, re-watching it, I was a bit like, because I hadn't seen it for ages, so I was kind of like excited to re-watch mm. it, and it was like, oh yeah, this is good, but whereas other films on the list that I hadn't watched for ages, I watched again, and I was like, oh my god, I've forgotten how good this was. This was just like, oh yeah, it was sort of what I remembered. Mm. So that's sort of where I came to with that. It's, it's my number just, nine. So yeah, yeah it's, mine, okay. it's my nine as well. Oh, there you go. It's yeah. IMDb's yeah. number ten. Oh yeah, so mm. IMDb's number ten is in. Is, yeah, is so on IMDb seven point two. So Christopher Nolan's worst scoring film on IMDb is seven point two. The first of his in trilogy as well. So yeah, but um, his in trilogy, his Interstellar, oh, Inception. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like uh, for me, it, it kind of achieves what it's setting out to achieve, but I'm not that fussed about it. If that makes any sense, exactly. So like, yeah, yeah. So like, it does this whole great thing of like, you watch it and you genuinely feel a little bit sleepy when you're watching it. Like you're 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 definitely in his head. You're in Al Pacino's head throughout that whole film, um, and it does a really good job of that. But at the same time, I'm not that bothered about it. So so like as as good as a job as he's doing of achieving that for me, it was like, and as great a job as everyone is of doing playing their parts robin williams did that the same year he did one hour photo didn't he for example like yeah. that was like when he was yeah. like, i'm gonna be creepy for a year basically yeah. <laughs> um, and it was very very good but but yeah it's 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 definitely like the films above it i feel much more excited about watching than this one exactly i yeah. think that's my main thing what do you reckon steve since you had nine yeah i'm yeah i'm saying pretty much you i think I'm a massive fan of like the psychological thriller type films. So, mm. um, I think this delivered on that stage, but mm. I feel like it wasn't one of those sort of ones where you watch it and you think, okay, I need to go watch that again a month later. Like I actually only watched this 
the first time actually in January maybe I can't remember Terry I think I might I think I ordered the same time you ordered it on mm. from CEX yeah, I, I told I'd you heard, I found it for a pound yeah and uh, you just have to pay for delivery tight bastards but you know obviously for delivery yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and if you order four things you have to pay delivery four times they don't what? like yes. box it up yeah. yes it's, it's, a joke, it's a joke but yeah I, I enjoyed the film don't mm. get me wrong I think yeah Robin Williams done exactly what he set out to do, and he was a creepy git. And uh, Al Pacino, yeah, he, he does love to shout. I've, uh, you know, I've never noticed that until now. Until mm. I actually look back and think of films he's done recently, I think, yeah, all he does is just bellow at this camera or his actors. Um, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a good film. Like I wouldn't say it, it was amazing. I wouldn't say one of those sort of films. I think you know, like, yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching that three, four times a year, but I will watch it again. But um, I think it was, it was good. It wasn't. Mm. Like uh, the wow factor, but it was it's still a great film. But it wasn't like it's one of those things. Yeah. That any other mm. director, barring maybe yeah. five other directors, you're like, oh yeah, it's his best best work. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. But Nolan, yeah. you're just like, yeah, yeah. it's good, and, it's passable. And you could tell like this was this was quite early on in his sort of career, wasn't it? In mm. something, yeah, wasn't like film. yeah. So you know, I think. Obviously, I'm not an expert in directing or anything, but I think you could tell the difference between Insomnia to if you fast forward to things like Inception and Tenet and. Mm how different he does his films from then to now but yeah yeah still a great film but it was yeah, number nine on my list I've never seen the original uh, apparently no, no, it's really well, good I'm not either yeah appara- I've no, heard the original really it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah need to watch that at some point probably <laughs> there's only a small gap wasn't there between there's, I think that Stellar One came out like 97, 98 or yeah. something it was there was only a small gap between yeah, well, the that's original because the like, they're already <laughs> talking about a remake of the one that's just won um best foreign film at the Oscars yeah. isn't there another drink yeah yeah okay. DiCaprio's going to make it and star in it so it's just because Americans can't read isn't it Parasite as well <laughs> yeah, talking about. Parasite one yeah, yeah. although Parasite is meant Parasite. to be a TV series isn't it that's right well, yeah which is I think we talked about that last yeah. week perhaps yeah. this is kind of okay I suppose what's your number mm. nine Terry my number nine is Dunkirk ah so I watched it on Sunday mm. I watched Tenet and then watched Dunkirk straight afterwards. Yeah. So I ended up going to bed about half past one in the morning because I, you forget how long his films are. Although yeah. um, Dunkirk's one of his shortest films, for me, as we've all just said, like it's not bad. It's passable. I think it's really good. <clears throat> war films are not my bag. <clears throat> if I was to list every possible genre of film, wars would be at the bottom. And um, part of it because I just think, especially when it's real life stuff like saving private right it just makes me really sad and i don't necessarily want to feel that sad with that one i think with this film there's like films like saving private ryan where you're just like on the edge of your seat whereas this mm. is just almost like depressing because it is like oh they're gonna get saved oh no wait their boat's got sunk again oh they're gonna get saved oh no wait they're getting shot at while they're sat in that boat and it's just really sort of and i think as well and this is possibly the only time i'll say something properly negative right now, i think he misjudged the three timelines I don't think they're distinctive enough. I I think you could have made a film with one timeline. Like watch at the cinema I saw this in IMAX and it was mm. fucking stunning and I came out like absolutely in love with it. Watching it again on Blu-ray, I don't know if it was just because it wasn't on the big screen but I really not struggled but I was like, oh yeah, no, we're in this time now. We're in that time whereas I didn't get that before and I think it was just I get why he did it because he wanted to spend more time with the people on the beach. You, obviously, it doesn't take that much longer to fly and like the boat, but it just, yeah, a bit muddled for me. Mm. Oh. oh, there he is. So I thought you dropped out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so yeah. My apologies. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. 
I just like. But again, I think everyone in it's really good. I think Mark Rylance is really good in it. Mm. Tom Hardy, obviously with a mask on, because that's standard for him now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And like all the unknown guys, pretty much that were on the beach, including Harry Styles, who I remember at the time being like Harry fucking Styles in a Christopher mm. Nolan film. Yeah. But he's There's decent enough. A guy coming up that's a bit like that as well. He's done a good job with a couple of these actors, isn't he? Of portraying yeah. them in, in a different light potentially. So. Because that's the thing as well, I think, with Nolan, which maybe we'll get onto this later mm. or I can say it now, but he's good at picking his actors. He doesn't necessarily mm. pick... Because you can imagine a lot of other directors, I think we've talked about before, where studios would lean on a director and say, you've got to do this. I can imagine a lot of his films, the studios would have been, oh, no, so-and-so will be better in that role. Like He's big at the mm. moment, and Nolan will be like, fuck off, I want Harry Styles. Yeah, He did an audition, I like what he's doing, he's what I want. Because even though yeah. like, mm. like, won't get into it, but... You could just imagine him going like, "No, I'm not going to hire him just because he's going to maybe bring us in an extra fifty million at the box office because everyone loves him at the moment or her at the moment." Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then if we jump over to the IMDb top ten, number nine would be Tenet. Ah, which is interesting. I don't know if that's obviously been affected by the old uh, COVID. Yeah. Because it, it is his least profitable film. That doesn't surprise but me. But that's obviously because yeah. of that. But mm. I wonder if just a lot of people haven't seen it. And I get, again think if you've seen this, although Dan, I think you've only seen it on Blu-ray, haven't yeah. you? You didn't see it at the cinema. Yeah, yeah. I think on the at the cinema, we saw it together, didn't we, Steve? Yeah, Amazing we did, yeah. Film. But oh, we're, we're jumping ahead. But yeah, Tenet is number nine on IMDb. It's, it's so. num- I mean, it's number eight for me, but I still really liked it. Oh, there we it. go. I, I really yeah. liked it. Like, it's... <clears throat> everything from now on I, I, I really like so mm. and, and even yeah. I, I like Insomnia as well for that matter but Tenet for me considering what I'd heard people talk about it was way better than I, I was expecting I can't I don't know whether like slightly lower expectations kind of fuels um, helped it out a little bit maybe but I, I really it felt so much like a Christopher Nolan film in the best kind of way. Yeah. Like you're watching it and you can feel that this just feels like a Christopher Nolan film. Um, does it get a little bit overly confusing at times? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> like needlessly so as well. But, um, and the big twist at the end, I, th- I think everyone saw coming from a mile off. As soon, as soon as anyone mentions who are you working for, you know that it's him that he's going to be working for. But other than that, I thought it's just a really good film. And it was... I kind of get the feeling that Nolan puts a story together and then thinks, okay, so within this story and within this concept, what would be a really cool thing to do? And I think that happened several times in this. I loved the final fight at the end with the two squads one going forwards, one going backwards. Oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. fucking brilliant. Like, what a great idea. Um, so, like, the idea that this will have already happened for some people and that this is like... Yeah, that we send people yeah. to go and watch it and they give us the reconnaissance. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I, I love that. Um, the highway scene I thought was excellent as well. Highway scenes, I suppose, because he obviously gets revisited. But, but yeah, just in general, I really liked it. But still, I couldn't put it above the other films for me. So, yeah. yeah, I won't go into what I like about it until yeah. we get to it. Steve, I'll save my love. Yeah. What's next for you, Steve? Um, so my next one. So the, I was again. I'm like you, David. For the eight to number one, mm. I love all. I love them all. I think he was just trying to do it to mm. uh, what I probably like more. So my number eight actually for me is Interstellar. Mm. 
Um, which I know is probably quite. Oh! <laughs> this, this is the reason why I've been saying, so as you both know, I've said it's quite well in the group, but I was really intrigued to see each other's lists because mm. I definitely thought there was going to be some. Kick him out, Dan! Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> see, I knew this was going to be a bit of a contract. I, I, I really, really enjoyed the film, yeah. and I think, you know, I always find Matthew McConaughey either really good or he really annoys me in the mm. film. Uh, I think in this film, I thought it was superb. I just felt, for me, it was just a bit too long. Mm. Um, I know it was all part, part of the story, and, you know, I, I loved the little bit at the end with the knock, and you find out with the daughter. Uh, again, it's Nolan at its best, you know what I mean? Mm. But I just think, um, when I watched it, for, I only watched it for the first time a couple of years ago. I didn't watch it straight away. I remember when I saw the trailer for it. This looks amazing. And I actually never actually went to see it. And then I didn't actually watch it until I got it on Blu-ray. Mm. Um, and I watched it and I don't often do this with films but I was almost clock watching for that last half an hour um, but that's not a criticism of it because mm. I still love the film I just felt the only thing what would have put it a bit higher for me if it was a little bit longer I know that Terry's waiting for you to say something but um, that's just my opinion all views of my own of course um, I'm going <laughs> to dive in quickly Steve and say I think it's a pretty divisive film so I think some people really like it and some people look at it and go what's he doing behind the fucking bookcase <laughs> so like it's I, definitely yeah. it's a trippy film it's yeah. obviously heavily inspired by 2001 mm. which again is a film that people yeah. love or hate and I love 2001 I love it as well yeah, yeah. one of my favourite cinematic experiences was me and Sonia went to the Prince Charles and saw it in 70 mil mm. 2001 and oh my god Sonia came out of it not having a clue what had happened but she was like it <laughs> looked pretty and again Interstellar I saw it in the cinema in IMAX and mm. Yeah, yeah. Again, I won't go into it till we get to my bit. Yeah, but, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I think I think it's perfectly valid. It's perfectly valid to not like it because I think it is quite divisive. I think there's so much happens. That, oh, I'll I'll get when I'll talk about when it gets to me as well. But yeah, don't don't worry. Can I just say it. as well? Yeah. I, I do like it. Yeah, I do like it. I do think it's a yeah. great film. Yeah. So I don't think I don't like. I just felt like it was a little bit too long. Yeah. But that's that's my only criticism of it. That's why yeah. it's a great film. Other than that, yeah. yeah. Terry. So that my number eight. So my number eight is Dark Knight Rises. Uh, okay. Cool. Um, <clears throat> just for me, it's the least best of the Batman films, mm. and I really like it. As we mentioned before, I think Bane is amazing. I think he's really well done. I think he got a lot of hate for no reason. Cause I like. I even like his voice. I think his voice. I think the opening sequence on the plane mm. is an absolutely stunning scene on how to set up your villain as being just so matter of fact, so methodic, just fantastic that whole scene's uh, excellent as well by the way yeah that, that is a really fucking good opening scene yeah what a way to open a film mm. by was it what are you gonna do now crashing this plane with no survivors yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um for me things that bad again as steve just mentioned it is a bit long mm. i'm not sure i think it's near the two and a half hour mark and I think I remember the first time I saw it at the cinema I was mm. very disappointed in it I came out of the cinema I was just like, a bit dejected a bit like I felt after the Line of Duty finale last night I'm not going to lie I started um, watching Line of Duty yesterday because I saw people tweeting yeah. about it going I should yeah. probably start watching this so Same. I watched episode 4 of season 1 a lot of people have <laughs> yeah. got hate for it but it's yeah. one of those things of the kind of show it is it's not like you're going to have a crash bang wallop finale mm. like in Tenet where all this shit's going on yeah. it's basically a procedural police thing so it was always going to end in a procedural thing happening yeah. um, what was I talking about Dark Knight Rises yeah. um, <laughs> but it's a, it's a little bit too long 
Um, you probably could have trimmed a bit of the fat off of it. Um, there's just a few bits. I, I just think they pushed it a little bit too far with like the timeline and stuff and sort of Batman being disappeared for so long. Although I love the way that it fed into Dark Knight with the whole mm. Harvey Dent stuff. Because 100% this film would have had, obviously, the Joker in it had it not been for the tragedy of Heath Ledger. Mm. So you imagine that that would have messed up with the film because it obviously took a long time, didn't it, between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but again, I think everyone in it's really good. I think, again, some really random casting, although now he's the go-to bad guy. Ben Mendelsohn is really good in it as Daggett. Yeah. Who obviously gets betrayed by Bane at the end. But um, And as I've, I'll go to bat for Anne Hathaway again, I think she's really good in this film. I think Michael Caine gets some great moments in this film as well. The bit where him and... Is he in a Christopher Bruce Nolan basically, film? The bit where they break <laughs> up is yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah. I, I heard your cries in these rooms. There they are. I'll do it, but you'll never see me again. Uh, can you stop listening to my room, please, Alfred? Yeah, Alfred, where are you? <laughs> you um, fucking creep. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> And I think, yeah, like the whole bomb thing was a little bit... But yeah, it's like when I came out of this, I went into it because it was Nolan. The mm. first time I saw it, I thought, oh, maybe he'll kill him. Maybe he'll actually kill Batman mm. slash Bruce Wayne. And obviously he really leaned into the fact that he had and then he didn't. So at the, at, in the first instance, I was disappointed. But then when you watch it again, you're like, you can't fucking kill Batman. No. So you, you sort of get where he went with it all. Every time Batman's died... There's a, every time I've seen it, there's always a hint that he's not really dead. So yeah, yeah. I don't have a problem with that. At least, just tell no, fucking Alfred if you're going to die though. If you're going to fake your death though, that's a prick move. <laughs> uh, <laughs> poor so fuck, poor old fucker. That'll kill him. <laughs> so the IMDb number eight yeah. is Dunkirk. Dunkirk on seven point eight. I'm kind of in lockstep with uh, IMDb because number seven, I've got Dunkirk. <laughs> Um, I really like Dunkirk. I, I I had like an air of everything is going wrong for these guys, but that's kind of what Dunkirk was. Um, yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? This is potentially, bar one other, Hans Zimmer's finest score as well. Okay, we haven't really talked yeah. about that, but yeah, again, like the music he always has in yeah. his films are fucking sublime. Like this, yeah. the, the music in this really has you edging towards the edge of your seat edging towards the edge of your seat whatever but yeah the sound because, is, I didn't mention yeah. about the sound in general again IMAX mm. cinema yeah because it has that really soft quiet opening of them walking yeah. around the street and then the fucking guns go off that yeah. genuinely made me jump in the cinema the sound is so good also it's just in, in time with what's going on it gets slowly quicker and quicker and quicker as like you're beginning to like realise the scale of everything that's happening and and basically how fucked these guys are unless these boats can get over there um i think it does that does a really good job of that i think the um the one i'm not that keen on is um fucking what's his face uh, killian murphy with the the boat crew bits where yeah, he kills the kid PTSD. yeah i'm not like i i they don't give it enough time to explain entirely what's going on if that makes any sense like it's it's just very like it's not done particularly well I, I think everything on the beach is done really well I agree with I can't think it was you that said this Terry that everything on the beach is done really well and they don't provide enough time to set things up for the uh, the Spitfire and the um, the boats yeah. um, 
it 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 kind of almost feels like it should be centered around just the guys on the beach. Um, yeah, and, I think and just, that's what yeah. I would have done. Yeah, and focus on that because the twist that the guy who's no, trying no to fucking shit. Yeah, the twist be listening the, to us. Twist that the guy's trying to get off that the uh, the French guy turns out he's French, and they're trying to get him off the boat because he's trying to escape. It's just fucking brilliant because what do you do? The guy's just trying to escape a no win situation. Can you can you fucking blame him really? Um, and then yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's there. There it has has flaws, but at the same time, I spend the whole film like just like clenching throughout the whole movie, basically. And, and I think it does a really good <laughs> job of of creating tension, which I think Nolan is kind of a master of. So, so yeah, that he is. Dunkirk Seven, Steve. Uh, Dark Knight Rises for me. Cool. Um, I think. <clears throat> You know, I think we've said that over a few weeks. Batman is my favourite superhero. Um, and exactly so. I can't remember if I saw it with Terry in the cinema. Terry, did we go see it together in the cinema? Or I'm trying to remember if we did or not. I can't remember. I think Dark Knight Rises was before we knew each other, mate. Oh, well, that hurts. Okay, fair enough. But yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> the, 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 it was... 2012. Yeah, oh, yeah, so, yeah. 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 Yeah, you said guy who worked in HMV at the time to me then. Yeah. Um, who pointed yeah, at the PSP <laughs> game rather than took you over there. Yeah, prick. Um, yeah, I, I, I was the same. When I first watched it, I was very like, uh, but yeah, again, rewatched. Yeah, I did I did like it. I agree with a lot of points you said. Dan, the whole Robin twist was stupid. Mm. Um, that was so not needed at all. It's almost like Nolan whacked it in there just for the like, just in case you wanted to know what was happening in the the Dark Knight universe after this film Robin's mm. taken over and that was kind of like yeah done and dusted um, I liked the whole twist at the end with the you know Alfred Gunn and Holiday and seeing Bruce Wayne and raising his little glass and you know, I, I thought that was quite a nice touch um, I don't think he should have told him I think the most people who didn't know he was still alive the better I think um, Dan's only probably to say something there but no, I'm joking uh, but yeah um, it was it was, it was, it was out of the three it was of my least favourite yeah, I loved Bane I thought Bane was great um, yeah I enjoyed Dan Halfway I enjoyed, I enjoyed Chris, I mean, Christian Bale probably one of the best Batman on the screen um, but yeah I think that there was just a couple of things yeah because it was probably a tad bit too long but yeah again there was just a few other films that were better even the, Batman, well, the fucking Bat Pod is amazing not the Bat Pod the Bat they just called it wasn't it yeah. his flying car that's yeah. brilliant yeah I always find it funny yeah. they're called flying things the Bat Wing and it's like just call it the Bat yeah. 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 That makes We've got him trapped, yeah. and then he just flies out of the alley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Matthew Modine's really good in this film. Is a bit of a cunt. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I keep remembering things. Is it my? Is it my go on seven? Yes. So I think this might raise some eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Um, Memento. Okay. Oh, I thought I thought it'd be higher for you, Terry. It's one of those things where it's just <sighs> trying to pick things. And it, to be fair, when I started getting stuck. Mm a lot of this is based on how many times I've watched it. If I've watched it more, it's higher on the list. Mm. Um, so for me, Memento, this is one that I rewatched fairly recently. I can't mm. remember exactly how recently when we started talking about it. And it was so much better than I remembered because it's one of those films that you remember being really good. And obviously the thing of it's five minute sections, essentially that you're watching in reverse, mm. um, which one of the extras on the Blu-ray, which I will never watch, is the film forwards because what's the fucking point? I, I have. Um, it feels felt really cool as like a 
21 22 year old but um <laughs> but now looking back at it yeah kind of pointless you remember when you used to be able to get dvds that shot things from different angles and you'd, be, you'd watch and go well that looks shit compared to like the, the actual angle there's a reason That's they cool. picked the other angle exactly there's a, there's a reason, reason the director the chose they how this film should be made yeah <laughs> um, but yeah again i think every i think um guy pierce is really good in it sort of one of his early roles carrie ann moss and joe is it pantaliano is yeah. that how you say his name he's such an underrated actor he's he one is. of those proper like he's just nine out of ten in everything he's in like matrix hmm. bad boys um baby's day out <laughs> he's amazing in baby's day out <laughs> but he just yeah. turns up and puts and he's one of those people where you genuinely you're not sure if he's good or bad he's he does a mixture of roles and like just has the ability to cause there's, there's a film I won't mention the film by name but there was a film I was watching and at the end there was the twist that oh no he was actually the bad guy and I called it within five minutes because of the person who was playing him because mm. there's just certain people that are always the bad guy and I think we spoiler Joey Patiloni is kind of the bad guy in this film yeah because essentially you've got Guy Pierce who has this condition where he can only remember old he can't make new memories his wife was murdered and he has made no new memories since then and we're now following him backwards through like a day is it yeah and finding out it basically it starts with him killing someone yeah and then we work backwards to find out why he's killing the person that he's killing um and it is fucking dark it is grim um but again it is so well acted Mm. and so literally something happens and like your, your heart's broken there's like a bit where carry on moss is carry on moss is talking about how this guy's beating her up and he needs to help her and then we cut back and it's actually him <laughs> he's the one who's clocked her mm. and it's just really interesting the way that he does it all and there's one bit as well where she just says like you're not going to remember this and she walks out of the house and then walks back in and they start again because mm. he can't remember the conversation they've just had and everyone's sort of playing with him a little bit because basically he's got covered in tattoos. He's got photos that he writes on, so he knows if he can trust people. Mm. But they're all messing with him, and oh, it's just so good. And when you get to that reveal at the beginning slash end, it is just like where he's just like fuck it, because mm. essentially he's decided that Teddy's Teddy's basically been using him to kill people for money and kill drug dealers and mm. stuff like that. So he manages to work it out for long enough to leave himself a note to not trust Teddy, and the whole film is him then killing teddy and it's just magic yeah uh what's imdb imdb for number seven no what is, is imdb Batman... <laughs> <laughs> <I'm joking>. oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, number seven for imdb is yeah. batman begins oh interesting wow yeah so yeah batman begins for uh imdb then yeah with an 8.2 still pretty fucking good isn't it yeah not bad Right, my number seven. Oh, seven, six, sorry, for me, isn't it? Now? Yeah. Uh, is my number six. So I really like Memento. One of my favourite things about it is that he's covered in tattoos in that film, and I remember looking at him going, look how many tattoos he's got on him, and now he just looks like a, like, you know, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He um, just needs a beard. Yeah. One of the things I like about it is how dark it is. Everyone is screwing him over in that film at one point or another and everyone's just using the fact that he he won't be able to remember things throughout the film uh for me it might be quite high up the list because of i have so many happy memories watching it as being like one of those early dvds that 
that that I'd have. So I'd be like, everyone come around and watch one of the five DVDs I've got, which is Memento. I remember it being a buy one, get one free, I think, in Virgin. It was like 20 yeah. quid. Exactly, yeah. That's how old it was. <laughs> so you'd, you'd, you'd do the double whammy of this in Pulp Fiction, I think. It seems seems to ring a bell of like two DVDs that kind of went together in the terms of they were all fucked up orders and stuff. Um, one of the things Christopher Nolan does is find actors that are very good at acting but aren't necessarily the main person from films, if that makes any sense. So Guy Pearce was the forgotten guy from LA Confidential. Like, when that came out, that kick-started uh, Kevin Spacey's career, although mm, kind of already, mm. um, and <laughs> kick-started uh, Russell Crowe's career. Um, but Guy Pearce was the guy in that film who was fucking brilliant and then didn't get anything. He will always from... be Mike from Neighbours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, was Priscilla Queen of the Desert after LA Confidential? I can't remember. Regardless. I think, I think yeah. early 90s, wasn't it, that one? Yeah. Regardless, this was like a film where Christopher Nolan obviously saw that and just thought he'd be very good in the lead role. And he really is. I love Guy Pearce and really works, really works as this character. There's the right kind of temperament for it so yeah so yeah memento is my number six i like memento a lot same as dan memento yeah i think as well i think it's one of those um many of those kind of like roles where it it was almost like the film was written for that person Mm. that's why i quite that's why i kind of feel like we've got a pierce for memento i think this role was I don't know if it was written with him in mind or it was designed with him in mind, but I feel like when you watch it, it's like it, there was ever a, a role perfect for someone. It's Guy Pearce and Memento. And, mm. um, it's uh, again, it's, it's one of those actual films. Actually, I didn't actually watch until probably about three, four years ago, maybe. Uh, I'd always heard of it, but never really watched it. And um, again, I think it's the one that Terry said to me, "Watch it, watch it." I might borrow it off him or whatever. And, I think you borrowed it, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I just thought it was superb. I mm. think it was um, a great film. Uh, one of those sort of films now I watch probably at least every sort of three, four months at least because sometimes you just want to... I remember when I first watched it, I kind of wasn't fully paying attention mm. and I, re- I soon realised you have so you to can't pay play, attention. You can't be playing with your phone and watching <laughs> Memento. Yeah. Um, so I was playing with my phone too. Um, but anyway, moving on. Uh, but uh, yeah, so... <laughs> so yeah, I remember sort of watching that the first 15 minutes having to like rewind and start it again because I wasn't... Good. I wasn't because I didn't know what to expect. Mm. I didn't know. I don't. I don't read up about a film until I've seen it. So I didn't know what the premise was, how it was made, and I was thinking, "Hang on, what's going on here?" I was so confused, and I realised actually, no, watch it, and now I get it after watching it. Yeah. So for me, it was number six, perfect role. I said it's probably yeah, go on those roles. It's just couldn't be any more perfect for the actor, and um, yeah, I think superb. Is it film. the only Nolan film? I've just been trying to think about this. Is it the only Nolan film that has an inner monologue? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Because some maybe. actors just... Some directors love it and some directors don't. But very rarely is it like... Sometimes I'll do that and sometimes I won't. But well, then is it a monologue? It's not a monologue, is it? Because he's talking to someone on the phone. Oh, yes, is isn't he? He's about the black and white bit. Yeah. He's... Oh, I no, there's still... Teddy, we find out, isn't it? He's talking yeah. to him on the phone and talking about the guy who is it actually him because at one point he tries to tell him that it's him isn't it the Mm. guy that kills his wife with insulin because he can't remember i still think it's kind of there's that bit where he's like okay so i'm chasing this guy okay he's chasing me because like turns around the guy turns around and tries to shoot him 
Well, I guess so. There is a little yeah. bit, yeah. Mm. Uh, what's your number six, Terry? Uh, my number six again might raise some eyebrows. Batman Begins. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I've got nothing bad to say about it. Mm. The other five, I think, are better. <laughs> I think it's possibly the best, like origin story of a superhero i think obviously at this point we'd had a couple of batmans mm. we'd never properly dug down into the be- the beginning of batman <laughs> yeah um and i think we mentioned obviously with dark knight rises excellent casting all around christian bale fantastic when you like the crazy fact that the film he made before this was the machinist mm. where he was horrendously underweight and he actually got too big and he had to lose weight again mm before they could start yeah. filming because he would just look too big in the suit mm. um obviously liam neeson michael kane um what's her name katie holmes as rachel mm. dawson and this one obviously killian murphy who got the role because he auditioned for batman and he liked him but didn't like him as batman but fell in love with his eyes which is why he takes his glasses off a load of times because he wanted to draw attention to killian murphy's <laughs> eyes yeah. they are great um, eyes to be fair <clears throat> oh yeah they're, they're <laughs> stunning yeah stunning um, but yeah, I just think it's a really good film. It's got one of my favourite lines between Alfred and um, Bruce because I think they have a great relationship in the Batman trilogy. But what is the point of lifting, of doing all those push-ups if you can't lift a bloody log when, yes. like the, when <laughs> Wayne Manor's falling down and he's got this flaming log across him? Um, <laughs> but no, I just think it was re- really well done the way they did it, sort of a little bit interspersed. But seeing him out travelling and stuff, I just thought that was really well done. And the, I really like just like the stupid stuff like building the suit where they order all those ears or the cows and they mm. smash like oh we'll have to order another 10,000 then yeah. <laughs> those ones are wrong <laughs> it's just like the silly little things like that that's just like again like the realism that Nolan brought to it all and like the fact that the Bat Cave isn't like some super duper techie mm. it's literally a cave where he parks his car um, yeah and it gradually yeah, that, throughout the films gets more and more techie which I quite like but even so. when you get to Dark Knight yeah. Rises it's got a computer in it yeah it's not like some uber tech thing but no i just think it's a great film it's strange as well because apparently reading up because obviously i look at imdb Mm. trivia and stuff david boreanaz was apparently the second choice for batman wow (laughs) yeah i can kind of see it imagine just you could sort of see it as in the look yeah Yeah, bones buffy angel angel yeah yeah Yeah, angel yeah yeah um, and Josh Hartnett apparently was high up on the list, but he withdrew because he didn't want to become a superhero. And now we just want to work wherever he can get it. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I always figured <laughs> in that particular time, Josh Hartnett would have been a good Robin as well, like a, or yeah. a Nightwing, probably more realistically, actually. Yeah, he's a bit but no, that, I yeah. love Batman Begins. I think it's a great film. Mm. So it's one of those films where perhaps where you think, like, oh, do I want? Like, I want to watch a Batman film. Do I want to watch Batman Begins or do I want to watch one of the other ones? Mm. But you put it on, you're like, no, no this is a great yeah. film again leans into the darkness with with scarecrow serum we get some proper where he's like on the horse and his eyes are all lit mm. up and he's got like, the ooze coming out of his mouth when he's talking to scarecrow fucking brilliant it's great <clears throat> and then imdb's number six is a joint six yeah uh, of memento and dark knight rises uh, interesting 8.4 it's not still not wow. bad again though is it yeah no. Uh, number five then yeah number five interstellar i really like interstellar um if i wouldn't have what if i hadn't have watched it today it'd probably be at number eight 
but then I watched it today, reminded myself how much I really fucking love that film, and I, I it went straight on my list. Really good. I love I love the little things like the robots have personality. <clears throat> like it is at its heart quite a fucking silly film, but they but Nolan make Nolan Nolan's made it with so much like hearts and takes it so seriously that you're kind of like okay cool let's go let's I'm I'm along for the ride a, on this. Oh, Kip something or other who's like a known physicist mm. like did yeah. the science and like even sometimes. at the scripting stage yeah they were going through it and he was saying like this is what would happen or this is what we mm. think would happen at a black hole. Yeah. So it's sort of based in reality. I as will much say as we could possibly know. There are certain bits that thanks to the expanse it's kind of ruined like my idea of like things that happen in space at times so like when some there's certain something that happens i'm like i don't think that would happen because i i now know that 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 doesn't work that way but at the same time it's a fucking film so i should get over it um and i did because i really enjoyed it um yeah i think you just kind of lean into it it's it's so well acted so well written and so just so well put together the fact that it is a bit silly at times doesn't actually matter that much so yeah fine with it and i lean into it and at its heart it's about someone that's potentially going on a mission which means they might never see their family again when nolan said to me this was like there's a lot of father son films yeah and mother daughter films but he wanted to write a father daughter film it's like for his daughter yeah makes Mm. sense um and it's great yeah really really good number five steve <clears throat> sorry excuse me my number five is tenet um mm. i uh I, I'm, I'm not embarrassed to admit that i still don't fully understand the film I'm not, <laughs> i don't think you should i, I, <laughs> I think um um for me the reason why i like it so much is i think in terms of how it was recorded, how it was edited, how mm. the effects, that for me is probably one of the best films in recent years for effects in terms of that whole scene where they're going down the motorway or the highway, mm. we're going to call it, and it's done backwards. That whole scene there was incredible. It I won remember an Oscar, to... didn't it? I'm just looking at mm. what it won. Yeah, it should have done. Yeah, I remember coming up to the cinema. I think me and Terry both said, I think we understood it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there were still some bits <clears throat> we weren't too sure. Uh, and then when I rewatched it again on Blu-ray. I, I understood it a bit more. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, just, it, it just was basically... visual effects. Okay, so yeah. Sorry to interrupt there. Mm. Sorry. That's that yeah, um, yeah, I think yeah, just based on the visual effects alone, that's why it's probably a bit higher up on my mm. list than probably what it may be on someone else's. But I think um, I know everyone knows I'm a massive fan of Denzel. Mm. There's no, there's no hiding yeah, so that. His, his son, son involved. <laughs> I think his son. I mean. If you closed your eyes, if you watched that film with your eyes shut, you'd think that was Denzel. That's how much they sound alike, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I think Robert Pattinson was great in it because we went and saw it with Emily, didn't we? Um, yeah, she, she's a big of, fan of our Pats. Yeah, for and different I remember, reasons. Yeah, I remember. I remember Terry being like, "Calm down." I was like, "Does she like him?" She's like, "Yeah, she loves him." Like, in yeah. a suit. Um, yeah, and I thought, yeah, I just thought it was just an all-round a good. Um, I think the scene with the the seven four seven was mm. incredible. Um, uh, again, I think you got on the IMDb trivia. I think they, it was actually a real seven four seven. It wasn't like special effects. It was actually done with like a real seven four seven. It was going to be somewhere. miniatures, mm. but mm. when they were doing some scouting, they found a plane for sale, and it worked out cheaper to buy that plane and crash it than it did to build the miniatures. <laughs> yes, there we are. <laughs> so they crashed the plane. 
That's amazing. So, yeah. yeah, but yeah, for me, yeah, that's why it's probably that was one of those sort of ones where it probably flirted between sort of like five and eight. Mm. But then when you really thought about it, I thought you know just based on the special effects alone, I think, and just the fact that it confused me as well. Not many films do confuse you, kind of kind of figure out, but. I think for that side of it as well, yeah, that's why I've put it at uh, number five. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, I really liked it. Uh, so my number five is Tenet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is the one that, in my pre-list, this was number nine. Mm. Because I remember coming out of the cinema, and I think for me, it didn't start making sense until the last 20 minutes. Mm. The last 20 minutes, I was like, oh, hang on. I know what he was saying now. I know what this is going on about. And that end battle... Um, and I came out of the cinema thinking, it, again, it looks amazing, it's brilliant. But when I watched it, this was what I double billed with mm. on Saturday with Dunkirk. Watching it again, I think it made a bit more sense. Mm. Things I understood things a bit more, and that just elevated it. And I was just like, actually, no, this is... Because, again, we've talked about it. There's no one making films like this. Mm. If someone else goes to Warner Brothers and says, I want to make this film... Because I bet you the people at Warner Brothers had no idea what Christopher Nolan was doing, but he was Christopher Nolan, so they wrote the check and said, yeah. Yeah. away you go, make us a film. Someone else, they would have had to have explained it more. It probably would have had to have been explained within the script a lot more about it, things. Whereas Christopher Nolan's quite happy to think, in our case, we might not understand it, but we'll go with it. Mm. Or people will just, that he has trust in his audience that they will understand what is going on. Because some of the bits where like you're seeing people going in and out at the same time like the bit where um the protagonist is tied up and he's watching sartor and his wife and he's like torturing her in reverse while he's watching it yeah it's just like so fucking batshit yeah but again it just looks amazing and like the bit where he then chases them out and we see him like for the first time we follow the protagonist in like the backwards world and it all looks completely different mm. Because he's like moving forwards, but he's moving backwards. It's just—I love the bit when he's driving the car forwards in the backwards world. Like it's yeah, just like it's just, it, yeah, it's just absolutely mental. It just looks amazing. Again, I think everyone in it's amazing. Pattinson is brilliant. Yep. Again, he's someone that within like his last what three or four films, everyone's suddenly going actually, he can properly act. Yeah, he's not just like I don't have a problem with him being Batman anymore. Oh no! Yeah. From the first trailers, it's like fuck me. He's going to be amazing. I think he is. Um, and mm. even like Aaron Taylor Johnson rocking up as in many films that would be generic army man, but I think he really gives something to it as well as Ives. Um, like that end bit where it's just mm. like, I'm going to kill you all. No, I'm not. But if I see you again, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, yeah. Like we're going to we're going to take away the algorithm because I mean. And it's one of the things I still think, and they, I think Nolan sort of not debunked it, but went, oh, no, I hadn't thought about that. I think Robert Pattinson is the son. Hmm. He talks about how he's known him for a long time, and I think there's some sort of twisty world where Mac, that. although he's called Max and he's and it's Neil, hmm. I think they are the same person. Yeah. Um, yeah, he said that come out of the cinema. Right? I remember you saying yeah. that. So you come out that that was, I clip. thought we were going to get that as a sort of reveal at the end of the film. Yeah. But sadly not. But yeah, no, I think... And the fact that um, the protagonist never gets a name, I love weird shit like that. Because mm. I think it was actually me and Emily, possibly you as well, Steve, I can't remember, talking and going, what was his name? And then I had to look it up on IMDb. Oh, he didn't have one. I like, yeah, I like that Like Daniel well. Craig in Layer Cake, where he's just credited as XXX. Yeah, yeah. But mm. um, <clears throat> again, this was one where Kip had his little say on whether it would work and like logistically, but... I don't think it's about would it work how does it like is that really what would happen it's about enjoying the movie mm. and it is and 
on the um, trivia as well as the crazy fact that they bought a plane and crashed it the crazy thing of, at the end you've got two teams mm. of 10 minutes one blue one red going backwards and forwards and the name of the film is Tenet which is 10 forwards and backwards so the Tenet thing I looked it up it's part of a five line oh yeah that's on the trivia as well because um, all the other five words are palindrome. in the film as well five, yeah so it's five yeah. line palindrome where everything in, in whichever way you look at it is the same back as it is in reverse so whether it's uh, up to uh, top to bottom left to right right to left obviously or diagonally it's always going to be a palindrome in the same that it says yeah. that it's going to be the same forwards and same backwards and they mention all of the words in it in the film as well so like when he mentions yeah, opera Sato was one of them yeah Sato is one of the, the one of the characters isn't it yeah and he mentions Kenneth opera Branagh's and that's crazy when crazy Russian yeah when he mentions opera that's when um Kenneth Branagh's uh, Sato's uh, eyes prick up eyes prick up ears prick up even um, <laughs> yeah. so yeah he's not he's not Jar Jar Binks um, <laughs> that would have been a hell of a twist um yeah I thought that you know it's a nice twist not a twist again, really, it's just nice as we touch. talked about with Nolan yeah. not digital it's all on film IMAX and he said it's going to the fucking cinema I don't <laughs> care if there's a pandemic it's going to the cinema I'll take the hit mm. And I mean, it didn't make a lot of money. Crazily, it cost two hundred and five million to make. It made three hundred and sixty-three. It made. So a profit. it did actually make money on itself, considering that half the cinemas were closed and most mm. people weren't going to the cinema. But impressive work, nonetheless. Mm. And uh, then there is no five because we had a joint sixth. Oh yeah. So on I'm on four now. Then yeah. Yes. Batman Begins. I fucking love this film. Um. For me, it's got, and this is controversial, it's got my favourite villain in these films in um, in uh, fucking Killian Murphy Raz. as as um, Scarecrow. 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 I, well, yeah. I, my favourite might be wrong. It is, in my eyes, the closest to the comic version in any of these films. That is how I imagine the Scarecrow in the... It, that's, if, if someone's going to bring the Scarecrow to life in a film, that's exactly how I would imagine it. And I think it does a great job. I agree that we've never really seen the whole like League of Shadows stuff or League of Assassins. Like, I always get forgot what they're fucking called. Um, stuff the League in, of Shadows, yeah, yeah, in in a film, and they did it so well. Um, like the idea that he's just basically a beaten man, like to the to the to the point where he's he's like almost dead, and then obviously they build him back up again. I love that. I love the Liam Neeson twist. I love um, a twist you don't really see coming either. Yeah. I think well, I think they hid it really well because you think you just assume it's going to be Ken Watanabe as as um, Rachel Gould. Mm. Um, I really like the early days of Batman, kind of up against street punks as well. But he's he's getting beaten up a bit, which is I think kind of want to see every now and then. Like Batman can't dodge every punch, and he does take a, the beating at a beating every now and then, uh, which works I think really well. Um, I think the the Batman films all suffer a little bit in the third, the final quarter of the film. Um, and I think this is the same. I'm not sure. I love the the uh, party in the house leading to like him fighting the assassins as much as I love the rest of the film. But that might that might be a, an unsolvable problem. In the sense that if you've made the rest of the film absolutely amazing, it's quite difficult to bring it to a conclusion that will be amazingly satisfying. 
I, I agree. The visuals in this, that's easily the scariest I think we've actually seen a Batman villain be at this point. Mm-hmm. Like I remember seeing it come out and the any time the Scarecrow's got the mask on and he's using the gas, he's fucking terrifying. And I think that is brilliant. That's exactly what you want from the Scarecrow. I love the bit. Is it Falcone or Maroney in this one? Uh, it's Falcone. Isn't Falcone. John um, Wilkinson again. Yeah. Great yeah. casting. The bit where yeah. the bit where he's like, "Oh, I'm crazy," blah blah blah, and then he goes in, and then he goes, "That guy's not faking, not that one." Yeah. After he sprayed him with the gas, is just brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So I love I love this film. Um, the top four films. Then then we're getting to the ones I truly truly love. Um, briefly, it was my favorite Batman film above Dark Knight, but. Uh, I've seen since since then, <laughs> like, <that's laughs> but it's, it's still really very good. Steve, uh, my number four mm. is the Prestige. Ooh. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> as you both know, I didn't actually watch this until January. Mm. Um, yes. Again, it's one of those sort of films. You know, I knew it existed. Didn't really worry too much. I thought I'll see it one day. I'll see it one day. And obviously, then obviously the. The rumors started going around that we're doing a note of I better watch it. Um, yeah, and I, I think I remember texting the group saying I was trying to watch it, but people at work kept trying to ring me, so I had to go back and re watch it again. <laughs> so selfish, uh, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I, I watched it and I judged, but it was so good. Uh, and the funny thing is, I've only actually watched it once, but yeah, it's been it's actually really high on my list mm. because um, I was just in awe of it. It was just one of those sort of films where. You knew there was going to be some sort of twist, obviously, because it's it's Nolan. But you, you almost kind of like, oh, that make, it, start, it starts to make a lot of sense when things sort of time unravel. Until you watch it back for the first time, Steve, and you yeah. realise that he's telling you the whole fucking time exactly what's happening. Literally, one yeah. of the opening lines is Michael Caine saying, yeah. "Are you watching carefully?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he does the bird <laughs> trick yeah. with the two birds that look exactly mm. the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try and get back and watch it again. Yeah, yeah, I think it's superb. I think it's uh, again just well casted by the whole. I think everyone has played their part really well. Um, and yeah, just a fantastic overall film. And it's one of those sort of films where I'm almost excited. I'm the only reason why I haven't watched it again is I've lent it to my friend Richard, and he's had it for a little while, so I haven't had a chance to rewatch it. Ah, no, I leave out. <laughs> but no, there's nothing uh, worse, is there? Because you you have a film. And you lend it to someone, and then you excitedly tell, like, get excited for to watch it, and that immediately makes you want to watch it again, but you <laughs> yeah. can't because you've lent it to someone. Well, 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 the funny thing was, if I remember rightly, he didn't actually like it that much. He didn't see the the, the hype behind it. I think when I was trying to sell it to him, I don't think that he enjoyed it as much as I. Then you've got those sort of things where you tell someone, "Oh, you really want to watch this film," and then they're like, "Yeah, it was alright," and you're kind of almost like, "Oh." You're not angry at him, just disappointed. You know, but, you watched um, it wrong, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he was on his um, phone. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just, um, that's that's the only, only reason why I haven't watched it probably since. Because I remember I lent it to him as before he came back probably a few weeks ago now. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was just such a such a great film, and yeah, when they sort of we feel all tingly after watching it. That's mm. how I kind of felt after watching. It. Yeah, he great does film. a lot of films. That, he's very good mm. at that. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. So as I said, it's my my four as well, and I think I banged on about it. I think for a long time to you, Steve, that you should watch it. But I yeah. think again, everyone is perfectly cast. Hugh Jackman coming in, Scarlett Johansson, one of her early roles showing that she could actually act, and she mm-hmm. wasn't just like some pretty girl. 
Rebecca Hall is amazing in it as well. Yep. Um, and it's just one of those things where you know something, like you say, you know something's up, you know there's something coming. And even when you... Um, we're, we're spoiling this, aren't we? Yeah. So, yeah. so obviously the fact that the whole thing is that Angier slash Hugh Jackman is trying to work out how... I can't remember his name. How Christian Bale was doing his amazing mm. trick of the transported man. And he's a fucking twin. Yeah. And the whole mm. point of the film is that him and his twin have been living as one person for their entire lives. So he's got his right-hand man who is the other twin in makeup. And even when you know rewatching it, the makeup is fucking good. Yeah. Like mm. if you really squint, you're like, no, that is Christian Bale. And it is one of the things of clearly Christian Bale is playing both parts yeah. as much as possible. I think in a lot of films like um was it the social network where you had Army Hammer playing the twins, but actually it was his face superimposed a lot of the time. Mm. This is Christian Bale playing both parts and just the heart when you're as I say, there's the bits where it showed you all the bits with like the partners. So with Rebecca Hall and with Scarlett Hansen, where he's like, Oh no, I don't love you today. Mm. It makes sense when you watch it again because it's the twin who doesn't love her. It's the twin that's in love with Scarlett Hansen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like the heartbreak of but the fact that they're both just so committed to magic and this trick is yeah. just phenomenal. And just the battle between the two of them where they're messing with each other's shows and stuff. I just think it's just, it's kind of timeless in the fact that it is just like two people that are good at what they do having a rivalry. And yeah. then it does get fucking dark and it does get grim and it has got David Bowie in it, which is obviously always a plus That's for fucking most films. Tesla as well, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really talk him into it. He yeah, didn't really. want to do it. Yeah, he was like, oh, I'll, I'll like take away from the film because I, I don't match the setting. Mm. And he was like, that's what I want. Tesla wasn't of his era. Yeah. He was this crazy rock star. And you're a crazy rock star. That's why I want you. Yeah, um, there's, a reason, there's a reason Elon Musk's cars are called Teslas, obviously, because they run on yeah. electricity. But also because, like, mm. he, I think he kind of sees himself in that role. Like, yeah. now. But no, yeah. I just think this is... There's ones where it could on a different day it could be a lot higher than four mm. Mm. it is a great film and it's one of those where I think like you said Steve you get the tingles and I think immediately after watching it we're like oh it's, it's the best film I've ever seen in my life <laughs> but then yeah. you sit down and think about the other films he's made again we talk about like any other director this is their masterpiece mm. and this is the one but it almost goes under the radar I think a lot of people haven't seen this film it was. It came out between Batman Begins and Dark Knight. Yeah. There was a lot of talk that Hugh Jackman was going to be Harvey Dent because of the fact that at that point he reused a lot of actors. Um, and it didn't actually... It only made $100 million at the box office. Oh, really? But I think that was just people saw it as like a magic film. I don't think they got what it was because it came out at the same time as that the, shitty the illusionist. magic film with Ed Norton. Yeah. yeah. And I think maybe... I think that one might have come out before so people saw that and thought, oh, it's just like back in the days where studios used to just make the same film slightly different um so i think there was an element of that but i fucking love this film and yeah. i would go to bat for it at any point Me too. Just, mm. there is there is yeah. not a weak element to it at all cool what's well, yeah. got joe's... Oh, sorry sorry steve i was gonna say joe was quite funny about that film when i first watched it, i was thinking oh rebecca hall's got a dreadful british accent imdb oh she's english <laughs> 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 oh Steve <laughs> I was like oh good yeah. uh, number four for IMDB is The Prestige ah, with 8.5 nice I can't Decent. tell whether my number three is controversial then because at number three I've got The Dark Knight 
Um, I love The Dark Knight. I think The Dark Knight is probably the best superhero film ever made. It's not my favourite superhero film ever made, but it's probably the best superhero film. I don't think of it as a superhero film at all. I mean, it is. It's, it's, a, still, it's still about Batman it saving is, the world. But it, it's saving not like Iron Gotham. Man, is it? It's not people no, flying and stuff just, like that. But, but. Yeah. Like, and so everything about this film is, is really well done, except the ending, which <clears throat> just... I see what he's trying to do, and it just falls flat a little bit. How far back are you going from the ending? Oh, anything from the um, the two boats, basically, where he's he's there given the choice of not blowing each other up, which I kind of get what he's he's trying to do, and it, it, it's not awful. It's just the rest of that film is like from the get go in that film, the minute you start, it is just edge of the seat pure adrenaline um like anytime you see the joker and this is credit to heath ledger i think anytime you see the joker you're nervous about what he's going to do like he is so unpredictable to the point where like even when you're re-watching it and you know what he's going to do it is he's unpredictable to the point of like you're wincing ready for it to happen like a good 10 seconds before it happens the pencil trick is one of the most fucking documented moments in a film but at the same time like right before it's happening you're still like leaning back just like waiting for it to happen um i i I mean i love the film um i love how harvey dent becomes two-face like it is really well done like and the hospital scene where he he's dressed as a nurse and then leaves. Yeah, just, I love how comic booky they went with that. Bit. It's so Joker yeah. as well. The fact that it doesn't work first time. And he's pressing the button. He's pressing the button. Pressing the button. <laughs> shakes it a bit, and then eventually it kind of goes up when he's least expecting it. It's awesome. I, I love that. Um, no, I think the whole Harvey yeah. Dent thing, because obviously yeah. we knew it was Harvey Dent. So yeah. if you're a comic book fan, you know what Harvey Dent means. I genuinely thought this film would end with the scarification leading to yeah. the next film with Harvey Dent. The fact that they threw the whole arc in was just remarkable. Yeah. It's such a good second film as well. Like, the, the it opens with everyone kind of knows that Batman's around and he does things and, and the criminals have changed their tactics and how they do things. Yeah. I know why you have your little group therapy, therapy sessions, sessions in the daylight. <laughs> and like uh, some of his lines he's so funny in it as well like it's dark it's just a bit you think you're gonna take all our money just walk away yeah yeah (laughs) 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 this suit's not cheap you should know you paid for it just (laughs) i love that and um the best line that everyone's always wanted in a film let her go a very poor choice of words (laughs) (laughs) i love that and um because uh, you know, I know squealers are the television here. The fact is, yeah. Oh, I, 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 I love this. The Dark Knight now. Yeah, hmm? yeah, same. yeah. I, I toyed with watching The Dark Knight uh, today, but uh, I decided against it. Um, yeah, it's 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 really really well done. It's it's. I think we're going to talk about it again shortly. Yeah, I'll I'll leave you yeah. guys to talk about it. It's, it's my number three. <laughs> If only because I love number one and two so much, but you know what my number one and two are already. So, Steve, yeah. what you got number three? Uh, Batman Begins. No, nice. Um, so, 
again, another one of those ones where it could have been anywhere on the list between sort of you know, three, three to six, whatever. But I think it's one of those sort of films for me. It's just it, it goes under the radar a little bit because because the Dark Knight was so good, um, and I think yeah, the way you described it is it's probably the best superhero film ever made. Mm. Again, like you said, it's not my favourite. Um, I just think that it was so different from the other Batman films that we'd got before. Um, you know, you, you had the first Batman film, you had mm. Batman Forever, and then they just gradually just got fucking worse as, you know, they they came out. Um, it was almost like a, just a completely different take in it. We almost got to see, obviously we got to see like almost the origin story of it. And I wasn't expecting it to be as good mm. as what it was. Cause I remember going to see it at the cinema uh, about a week after it came out or something because obviously we were passionate about the cinema then as we are now but yeah I just think it's just such a I don't know if there's anything I couldn't say that you guys haven't really said about it mm. the cast were brilliant the Scarecrow was great they showed uh, Batman with vulnerabilities which is obviously you know, we never really saw that in other Batman films it was literally Batman's a double hard bastard might get knocked down a little bit but this film they kind of showed you that no he actually has got his weaknesses and this is what we're going to do to rectify him. we're going to show you that you know he he, he is weak in certain areas and this is what we're going to do and I've seen seeing him bruised as well mm. you mm. didn't really see that in, in the others yeah, yeah. And, and I just think that it's it's a being a Batman fan it's a great film to watch but it's also one of my comfort films as well yeah if I'm in a movie for sort of you know oh I fancy a film well I'm going to sit and watch the Dark Knight trilogy that's and it's kind of yeah for me it's one of those sort of films that to think it's out what's what, 16 years old now mm. it's, it's, it's a scary to think but I think just uh, the fact that it was different from what we'd seen before in terms of Batman films that's why I think I enjoyed it so much we got to see a lot more exposure to not necessarily just Batman but to Bruce Wayne as well mm. I think you never saw it before it was just a rich guy who wore a suit now it's actually no let's see the reason why he's wearing the suit <clears throat> I know they include yeah, definitely the, I know they include the death of uh I think I said the suit here when Gotham came out. Why did they have to kill off Batman's parents straight away? Why could they have done that as a suit? And I hate the way they always use that sort of source of material. It annoyed me a little bit. It was in the Joker as well. But I think here in this film, they kind of... get onto the Joker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they kind of uh, expand that a bit more. And it was a bit more, you know, instead of, oh, his parents died, or now he beats people up in the Batman suit. They're going to mm. actually how is he going to go from being the boy to Batman we're going to show you all the bits in between we're going to show you his vulnerabilities we're going to show you how hard it was to go from the boy in the alley to beating mm. up the scarecrow and Raza Gould at the end of the film and yeah it was just completely different class I think I think yeah, he I did really well making Christian Bale look young as well in the sort of flashback yeah. bits yeah. Like where he's like in the courtroom and that he actually genuinely looked quite mm. young yeah I definitely yeah this, this film you said comfort film this film used to be I remember we bought it on DVD when I lived with my mates. Mm. And this film used to be the we're hungover, what should we watch? Put Batman Begins on again. Mm. Yeah, it's just one of those films I could watch over and over again. I agree. Really, yeah, really, really, really good. Yeah, great film. True that. Terry? Number three. So I'm just going to prefix this with, I think we're now at a stage on these, with these three. Yeah. This could be in any order, on any day. I, in the end, I went with which ones have I watched the most just to differentiate because I love all three of the rest of the films deeply, deeply within my heart. And it it almost pains me to say that this is number three and not higher, but it's Interstellar. 
I absolutely love Interstellar. Mm. I think, I mean, you guys have mentioned all the good things about it, but I love 2001. I love almost like a space opera where it's just so overblown and so stupid. I mean, like the whole thing and like, at the end where he's like, in almost like the sort of the time library, shall we say, where he's checking in on different points and he's the gravity that's making the dust and he sends himself and like the whole time paradox of that. And then, I mean, the one thing you guys haven't really mentioned is the whole bit of, like, on the planets. Because obviously they're there to, like, mm. terraform planets and see if they can find a planet for Earth to move to, even though Michael Caine actually thinks that they're actually going to save humanity because everyone on Earth is fucked. Mm. And Anne Hathaway is actually there to basically make the rest. And the whole... The Matt, the Matt Damon twist. Yeah. Because they uh, managed to hide the fact that Matt Damon is in this film so fucking well to the point that when you're watching it for the first time and Matt Damon pops up, you're like, that guy really looks like Matt Damon. <laughs> because you, were, you would imagine if Matt Damon was in the film, you would know Matt Damon was in the film. But it's not ugly Matt Damon from uh, Breaking Bad either. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. Um, He's fucking going out with um, Kirsten Dunst, isn't he? Yeah? yeah, they're married. They've got kids. Unreal. He's proper fat now as well. Because that was the one really jarring bit about um, El Camino, because he mm. looked nothing like Todd in the series at the time that it's meant to be set. Um, but no, like this, like the whole Matt Damon thing, and then again, like I mentioned earlier about casting someone really well. So Matt Damon is essentially the villain of this film, mm. and that's so against type, and that is like when he's on about oh yeah we need to go over here i need to take you alone over here where no one can see us it's just this way why Keep can't we take the robots don't take the robots <laughs> everything's fine don't worry just follow me you believe him mm. up until the point where he basically says i can't die here you're gonna fucking die so that i can go home and live yeah and that that whole fight there and you mentioned as well like the robots they're mm. obviously slightly based on the um monoliths from 2001 mm. they're just big black blocks they are real but those aren't cg yeah. that is someone in a suit moving oh really yeah he hates cg as much as possible yeah. he doesn't have cg it's all just done backward like mm. tenor they filmed it forwards they filmed mm. it backwards and then they just splurged the scenes together there was no faffing around and just all the bits with like the black hole and the bit where they land on the planet and they get caught up a little bit and they go back and the other guy on the ship has aged like 50 years or something <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. It's just, I just think it's so well done. I mean, the whole love bit's a little bit... But obviously you mentioned in the group chat earlier when you yeah. said you were watching it, for me, this film was amazing and then I had a daughter. Yeah. And it takes on a different level because it is this ode to like him and Murphy and hmm. I, forget, I can't remember Matt uh, McConaughey's name in it. Uh, he's got a really cool Cooper. name as well that's it Cooper yeah. um, him and Murphy because what will happen mm. will happen and it's just like when when she gets older and becomes Jessica Chastain I mm. think she's a fucking phenomenal actress yeah. she's phenomenal in this film um, all of her scenes with Michael Caine where we basically find out that Michael Caine's not a villain but he's like yeah Earth's fucked yeah. everyone left on Earth is fucked they're going to try and save the world and she actually takes it upon herself to try and work it out. Obviously, Cooper helps by implanting an algorithm in the watch. Mm. <laughs> like we said, it's fucking ridiculous in places. But <laughs> Yeah, if I you're talking about it, it sounds about bollocks. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I just love that about it. It's just so ridiculous. And like the scene set on Earth when like Jessica Chain Jessica Chastain's in it, and obviously mm. Casey Affleck's the brother. I just like they're kind of really heartbreaking because like there's no food left. Like they're drinking mm. corn beer, they're eating cornbread, they're eating corn because yeah. that's the only fucking thing that will grow left on the planet. Um, and like they're all really ill, and it's just oh, it's just so good. Random fact from IMDb for this one. For the corn, that is not CG. They grew it, they farmed it, they sold it for a profit. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Brilliant. Because <laughs> he knew that it would, like, you wouldn't be able to get it to move in the wind properly. She was like, we'll just fucking grow it. Mm. And again, just Nolan thinking, we'll just grow some corn. <laughs> Why? Why not? It's just, I just think it's, as I say, I know it's stupid, I know it's ridiculous, but I love it all the more for that, I mm. think, because it does... It, it's sort of based in science and again it doesn't try and ex- overly ex- there's not Matt Damon goes but I don't no Matt Damon sorry McConaughey goes I don't get it and someone goes excuse me my name's Exposition Dan what's going to happen is and like thoroughly goes through or even at the end explained you'll see what's happening now is Cooper is travelling back in time as mm. he travels through the wormhole he's actually telling his daughter what yeah, to yeah. do and then obviously the scene with him and his elderly daughter now mm that's fucking heartbreaking yeah and she says like go and find her and like sends her off to Anne Hathaway sends him off to Anne Hathaway again I think Hathaway is really good in this film I think she is good in this and I can't I know you mentioned about an amazing soundtrack was it this because this has an amazing soundtrack um no well the one I mentioned that had an amazing soundtrack was Dunkirk but but this uh, one has when they're on the the sea planet where everything's happening at an expensiated rate everywhere else yeah there is a constant chime, and every time it chimes, that is a day passing on Earth. Oh, like little details like that. That's really cool. I yeah, think about that. But yeah, love Interstellar. Yeah, I think it's really um, good. But as I say, on any other day, it could be two, it could be one, mm. and it is IMDb's number three as well with eight point six. Nice. There's all one one film that none of us have said so far, which is encouraging. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, what was number IMDb's number three? Interstellar. Oh, it was not Interstellar. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, number two, The Prestige. I I think The Prestige is probably Christopher Nolan's most flawless film. Like in terms of how it wraps itself up, how it starts, the beginning, middle, end, everything that happens in that film, I think is as about as flawless as you can get in terms of storytelling. It's not my favourite film, because we'll get to that in a second, which I now is fairly obvious. Um, but it is, I think it's a flawless film, and I go on the journey with everything that's happening. The ending, when you're figuring out that Hugh Jackman is just creating this endless stream of clones that are fucking dying horrifically every night, is just unreal. Oh, yeah, because that's the bit, isn't yeah. it? Because Michael Caine tells him that drowning feels like going home because his wife drowned. Yeah. And he says at the end, doesn't he? You know, I told you that. I lied. He said it was fucking excruciating. Yeah. And he's drowning them every single night. It's fucking horrible. Like, I love the idea that it's just about... There's ambition between them, but the lengths that one of them is willing to go is clearly worse than than the other one would be willing to do. Losing a finger throughout, you, you think, is probably not that bad considering that the other guy has become kind of a monster um i think david bowie's tesla really works the idea that he's kind of like seen as as you say this rock star this guy this otherworldly like almost alien like creature which is 
David Bowie um, works really well. And as like um, someone that, that they'd go to or one of them would go to for, for help really plays into the idea of like this dark magician that is Tesla rather than the actual Tesla who was obviously just a scientist. Love this film. Absolutely brilliant film. Acting is incredible. Really well written. Um, genuine shocking moments as well as I say seeing fucking Hugh Jackman drown constantly um, and the fact that it kind of plays into that as well at the start of the film and then you get the this is what's actually happening at the end of the film as well really really well done love this film prestige it's pretty good <laughs> okay good film. number two Steve my number two is Inception. Ah. Um, I kind of feel when we did this list, mm. I'm, I'm going to obviously everyone knows now. Dark Knight was always going to be my number one. So mm. We'll go into that in a minute, but <gasps> I, what? <laughs> I think Inception mm. is such a cinematic masterpiece that I could watch that film every single day and not get bored of it. Mm. Um, I love everything about it. You know, I love the casting I love the effects I love the story I love the fact that even though you've seen it so many times it still keeps you on your toes um, every time you watch it you still you know I mean when you watch a film you think oh well, no is it going to happen you think well I know it's going to happen because I've seen it about 500 times um, I literally I can't fault that film at all um, I know there's probably things that maybe you guys may have picked up on but like, every time I watch that film I just I don't know, I just kind of just get, almost get sucked into their dream universe mm. with them, do you know what I mean? I think in terms of how clever the writing is, I think this is probably the cleverest film mm. that Nolan's ever done. Because there's, there's a lot of concepts there that only Nolan would probably um, come up with or be able to... Like, I think Terry said a little while ago with Tenet, like going to Warner Brothers and saying, mm. this is what I'm going to do. It goes to show you just how much... Paul Nolan has in Hollywood to sort of say here's my idea for a film well I remember what before yeah. it came out and they were talk. he was talking and he said like it's a heist movie set within the mind and everyone mm. was just like what the fuck <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's exactly yeah. what it is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and I just think I think yeah I think uh, Tom Hardy in that film is absolutely hilarious I think uh Probably Favorite one of the line, best characters. Never be afraid to dream a little bit bigger, darling. Yeah. I always say to you, because I know, I know you guys have got some stuff coming up, but I, I, I literally cannot just praise this film enough. And I feel like if, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll, we'll get on to the next one in a minute, but Inception for me is just, um, it, it could have easily, like Terry said, another day, it could have been number one. Um, that smartest film he's written probably the best film in terms of you know how it's done but um, yeah I love it and I can never get I'll never ever ever get bored of that film to the point that I think me and Terry went and saw the 10 year anniversary didn't we the 10 year anniversary of the cinema yeah, the um, yeah even though that, again I've seen it many times before but yeah I literally can't I could talk about that film for two hours but I'm not going to but I easily could but yeah for number two's inception for me nice so this is really tough because I'm still thinking like should I change my two and one round right now it's just oh. but I'll stick with my my method of watching so my number two is Inception mm. all I can do is echo Steve I think it is perfect 
I think it is mind blowing. I remember the first time I saw it at the cinema back when Hemel had a shit cinema and it's a good like two and a half nearly three hours i think isn't it and even the first time it just whips along like it is a 90 minute film Mm. there's no fat in it whatsoever i think i mean i know a lot of people get confused and it's too complicated but i think they do a really good way of showing the levels and the time obviously again time plays a big part in it because one day to one week to two weeks to 75 years or whatever it is in the bottom layer Mm. But I just think it's so well done. I think the jeopardy involved, I think even tiny characters like Pete Postlethwaite is amazing as the grumpy cunt of a dad. Um, <laughs> Killian Murphy, obviously, back again. He's brilliant. Obviously, it spawned many memes with uh, Leo with his, yeah, the squinty eye meme. There's a dog behind um, you. What does it look like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think even like pulling someone out like Ellen Page or Elliot mm. Page as he would now be yeah. called um, I think he she is great in this film um, Tom Hardy is just chewing it up just fucking camping it up he's fucking brilliant Joseph Gordon-Levitt who I've always had a bit of a soft spot for I think he's a fantastic in this film um, I mean I haven't even mentioned Leo yet Leo is fantastic in this film Ken Montanabe mm. is great in this film I just think it is so complicated and so over the top, but it's just done so well. You can imagine someone else doing it and either over-explaining it so it loses its pizzazz or just going too big with the concept of, like, obviously there's the bit where, like, the streets are folding in on themselves. And Marion Courtyard as well, that whole dark backstory where you you know there's something wrong with Cobb, Mm. or not wrong, but there's something behind Cobb. And that bit just fucking horrifying. The whole, obviously, my picture at the moment is the totem. Mm. The whole bit about the totem. And what I also loved was how people thought they were clever. So I worked with a guy at HMV when this came out, and I he'd seen it the weekend. I'd seen mm. it the weekend, and I was just like, "No, oh, shit! I worked it out in twenty minutes." I went, what do you mean worked it out? He went, "I guessed it." I was like, "Guess what?" He said, "Well, when he comes out, he starts spinning the totem and gets distracted. So he's he's in a dream for the whole time after that." I was like this film isn't about working out. You're such a prick for thinking mm. that you've got to solve the riddle. It's not about that. Because at the end, like where it's spinning, and obviously there is that literal kick in the balls where the film ends with the totem still spinning because it looks like it's going to fall down, but it doesn't. Um, just, oh, I just think it's fantastic. That bit at the end, because the whole point as well is that is that actually his totem. Because mm. throughout the flashbacks, it's her totem, not his totem. Mm. He says he says it's hers as well in the film. Yeah. So yeah. does it, that become his totem, or because mm. someone else the, knows the, the weight of it? It's his, it's his wedding ring, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. Meant to be his totem because yeah. he's only wearing his wedding ring in the dreams. He doesn't wear his wedding ring in real life. Mm. Um, but I just think, yeah, I, I could talk about it for two and a half hours or longer. I've seen it. I don't know how many times. I could watch it over and over again without being bored. Mm. You're still on the edge of your seat. Obviously, Dan, you're probably going to talk about it quite a lot when we get to our number one. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think absolutely faultless. I feel really, really sad putting it at number two mm. because mm. it's not a number two film. You could just say it 1A, is. 1B if you like. That's acceptable. I think that's probably what it is. Yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. it's 1.1. Mm. Um, it's just phenomenal filmmaking. And as we said, like anyone else going to a studio with this idea... Mm is not getting a film made but this is obviously off the back of dark knight where 
they would have literally been vaselined up, pointing their asses <laughs> at Nolan with, "What would you like next, sir?" They would have done anything <laughs> if he'd have gone in and said, "I want to make um, Rainbow the film, but I want to make it R-rated." They would have let him make Rainbow the film <laughs> when George goes off on a fucking psychopathic, murderous <laughs> <laughs> rage. But he get the kid. Because I, <laughs> I think he'd written it a long time ago, wouldn't he? And he'd been like ticking along with it. Yeah. But yeah, I just fucking love this film, and it's actually IMDb's number two as well. Yeah. With eight point eight. That doesn't surprise me. Like um, out of ten. Yeah, it's my favourite. Like this is probably in my top ten films of all time. I I absolutely love this film. Um, It's anyone that says they did figure it out, by the way, as you say, kind of didn't immerse themselves in what was actually going on. They weren't watching it properly. Yeah, because I remember that. I think there are maybe three standout cinematic experiences for me. Actually, being in a cinema watching a film. That have uh, four. I've just remembered the other one. Um, that, that ju- <laughs> twenty. Um, no, four. Four experiences that that just have left me. That, that stand out as like some of my favourite experiences in cinema. So uh, one is going to see the South Park film and laughing so much that I couldn't breathe. Um, that was Team America for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah same for me. Then a similar experience with Team America, basically. Mm. Yeah. Um, then going to a secret screening and finding out it was Serenity like as being a huge firefly fan at the time i imagine you literally filled your pants <laughs> it was on the whole because everyone kind of had an inkling that it might be the whole cinema started clapping and applauding when they saw it was serenity it was amazing there is um on your left in the avengers uh end game is, is in there now just, just fucking mm. unreal eye streaming goosebumps everywhere just the complete well, fucking mess the, um that video they've released today yeah. has got the on your left oh, with the audience yeah. reaction yeah. fucking goosebumps man it, hearing that yeah it's yeah. one time in a cinema that when everyone starts cheering I'm fucking cool with it that's brilliant <laughs> yeah. and yeah. the other one is the audible noise audible noise funny enough the audible exhale <laughs> at the end of Inception when I first went to see it in the cinema I think I went to see it like the first week it came out and right at the end when it cuts to black you hear oh like, like, because everyone is on. I, I remember leaning I into can the breathe, cinema. I can relax. Yeah, it, it's because it's that. Um, this is the film that I think's got the best music for starters as well. I think oh, this yeah. music kind of changed everything afterwards. I think Hans Zimmer oh. kind of killed it with this. Um, this is probably my most listened to soundtrack. Yeah, and I, I, understandably so. But the, the the piece from when they're leaving the plane right the way through till he gets back to his home, you see the kids. But is it the real kids? Because it looks a lot like his memory of the kids. So that that might not be real, and then he starts spins the top, and it bobbles a little bit, and people say, "Well, that means it's the real world." But it, I didn't see it that way. I just watched it, and when it bobbled, it went huh, and then like it cuts to black, and it's just like you don't have a clue. And intentionally, I'm pretty certain Nolan's already mentioned that you're not meant to know. Like, yeah, his what thing happens. is like yeah. you can if you want to think it is, if yeah. you want to think it isn't, go for it. Mm. Exactly. So then. It's got some of his best action sequences as well. And so when you hear Mind Heist, you're thinking this is going to be a bit shit. But it's what it does is mean that he can go, right, I want an action sequence here, I want an action sequence here, and I want an action sequence here, and I can do really cool things with those. Um, yeah, and completely different ones. I want yeah. a road chase in the rain. Yeah. I want an anti-gravity fight. In the hotel, I yeah. Want, <laughs> I want... 
and like the Alps. Yeah, I want a mm. James Bond esque superhero super villain base that we have to kind of break into. The intro to this film is amazing. Like the fact that it's him them talking to Ken Watanabe um, about um, about um, how they could protect him, and then it turning out to be a dream. And then on top of that, because I think you kind of see that coming, because if you know something yeah. about Inception, you kind of see that, well, this could be in a dream. You don't see that the dream was within a dream. So, like, yeah. when it, when it kind of comes out that it's still in a dream is just excellent. The first time I saw when they folded the, the streets on top of each other, just awesome visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still looks yeah. good now as it well. It still That's looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it holds up well. Um Marion Cotillard in this film is genuinely terrifying. Like every time you see my favourite bit is the bit where Ellen Page is, is kind of tied up, like held being held back by the subconscious, the people in the subconscious, and you see her just striding through with a gun and just like it's it's so well done. Um I think you're on the edge of your seat for the last like four, 45 minutes of this film. Like right the way from <laughs> when things start going wrong in the first dream. I think from there, right the way through to the next one in the hotel, with as you say, like the zero G fight in the hotel, and then in the the ice station, followed by him trying to find. I can't remember the guy's name. I can't remember his name in this, but it's him trying to find him, like in the subconscious, leading to the plane, leading to see if they're going to get away with it, leading to see if he's going to be able to see his family again. The whole thing is just so well done. I I can watch this film over and over again. Um, I, I think Prestige is probably a better made film, but I think this is is it as I say it brings whistles, this isn't it? Yeah, it kind of it brings back so many happy memories as well. Like for me, for me as I say, when I went to see this at the cinema, it was one of my favourite cinema experiences. So, so yeah, I I love this film. It's 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 hard to say that something's better than The Dark Knight, but for me, it just kind of pips it for me because I think this film is it's kind of peak Nolan, <laughs> peak Hans Zimmer, got Leo. As you said, Tom, one of my favourite Tom Hardy roles in this film as well. Just he was a little st- bit unknown at this point as well, wasn't he, Tom Hardy? This was almost like his breakout was role, this I think. Was cinematic after um, the one that made him famous? Bronson. Bronson, yeah. I think this was before. Oh, this is all was after. I think Bronson came out before Bronson, Bronson 2008, 2008. Oh. yeah yeah oh no because I think I remember reading that Bronson was what made he thought Bronson was what got him the job yeah and Nolan hadn't seen Bronson yeah I'd, I'd imagine Layer Cake got him the job he's great in that oh, as well and, he's great in Rock and Roller as well Handsome Bob yeah. and um, Lady Killer who's gay and Star Trek <laughs> as well but yeah um, yeah and Waz yeah yeah, so um, he's just so a great actor. He he is really really good, and, th- and this kind of stands out as one of my favourite of his roles. He's just so matter of fact about everything in this film, and it kind of really works for his character. So it's Can when we... he goes to kill mm. Ken Watanabe. He's like, no, 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 you can't. You'll send him into the netherverse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he just pulls a gun. He's just casually going to cap him. He's the, the I, I love his relationship with uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this as well. Yeah. How like they are. That there, there is begrudging respect from both of them. Like they both understand that they they can do a better job, but come in completely different ways. Really, really good. I like this film. There we go. Controversial opinion. 
that I like it. I don't know. Uh, Steve, you're next. Dark Knight, then, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, the Dark Knight for me. I think this is, uh, out of all of the films on the list, this is the one I've watched the most. Um, I actually, I know I said I'd, I could easily watch Inception every day, but I generally used to watch Dark Knight every single day. <laughs> um, and I think just for, for, uh, for many reasons. One is, I I know there's obviously, you know, you've got Heath Ledger's a Joker, and 99.9% of people say, fantastic, he did an amazing job. There are those dickheads who say, oh, he's only getting the praise because he's dead. No, he's getting the praise because he's done a fucking incredible job. I as don't think he gets the Oscar if he didn't die. I kind of agree yeah, with you, that. But then, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm what you want. That, that's ugly. because the Oscars are dickheads about superheroes. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I think what you said, Dan, you, every time he was on the screen, there was uh, that nervy kind of... Mm. Shit, what is? Because he 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 was just a straight up nutcase. Let's be fair. I mean, you've had a different Joker. You had like Nixon's Joker and stuff, and but his Joker was just completely different. I think what we'd seen, not necessarily on the the animated films, but definitely on the big screen Mm. in like you know real life. If you like, that's not real life. You know what I mean? I can't think of the word, but um, live action. That's it. I think it was just, uh, yeah, like the great, the greatest probably superhero film ever made in terms of the buzz around it as well. There was such a buzz around the Dark Knight uh, when it came out and even after what happened to you know, Heath and stuff. Mm. But it's my it's my most watched film. I could probably, probably say that I could probably narrate that film from start to finish. <clears throat> That's how much I've seen the film. Um, and... Uh, Again, I, I, I'm, trying not, I'm trying not to go into too much detail of it, really, because I feel like I'd just go off on a tangent, but I just think it's just one of those sort of films that, again, a bit like Batman Begins, I've always got time for it. Um, I, I do kind of agree with what you're saying, Dan, about from the boats onwards, it mm. is a little bit, you know, it does make, maybe slightly, might lose a bit of its edge from, from the momentum it was gaining, but it was just an uh, all-round perfect film. Mm my most watched film on the list that's probably the reason why he's number one um, and I just uh, think yeah Heath was great as a Joker Batman Harvey Dent was great as well um, I think how he became Two-Face was fitting for how Nolan makes films had they gone for the whole origin story of the acid in the face mm. and in the courtroom I don't think that would have been fitting for the fit even though I think Nolan would have made it fit I think the way he did it in this film was very fitting to mm. a Nolan type film and yeah I, I can't I can't yeah, I don't think there's anything about the film that I could fault um, and I think yeah Heath Ledger definitely as well is essentially the star of the show let's be mm. fair he, he he elevated that film to you know any other actor that would have been any other um, sort of Batman film but I think Heath Ledger really sort of uh, it was always going to be a great film but I think Heath Ledger definitely made it um, the bigger film than probably what it was expected to be mm. but I suppose we'll never really know I suppose but I think yeah that's, that's, that's my thoughts I think it's a superb film and the moment we said we're doing Nolan straight away that was my number one I didn't even have to think about it and yeah I love it nice yep Terry. <clears throat> yeah, so as I say, I went on views in the end. So my number one is Avengers Endgame. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's Dark Knight. 
I mean, I can't really say much more than everything you guys have said. I think, again, I do think that the ending is, for me, it's not necessarily the full ending, but the bit in the building hmm. after the boats or during the boats, I don't think we needed that like little one-on-one chat with him and the Joker and um, the SWAT trying to take out him and them. It's like, surely he could have called Gordon and said, oh, FYI, the the bad guys are the good guys the good guys are the bad guys rather than just taking on the entire swap team um but we did get to see um essentially like batman from the animated series with the white eyes which yeah. is obviously a, a cool look that is cool I'll give i you just that. think mm. i just think it's amazing again heath ledger the magic trick i think will forever be although it's not really his introduction scene because it's the bank job but mm. that is the proper this is the joker scene and i think that scene from start to finish with the magic trick with the you ought to know you bought it with the um the little things that he does there's a bit where gamble gamble or gambit i can't remember his name gamble. which is a bit that he actually does gamble. in it says to him you're crazy and he just goes no i'm not yeah. and his face the way he says it you can tell that you don't fuck with this guy there's something mm. in his eyes and then the bit where it's like yeah i'm just gonna walk away and he's got all those hand grenades let's not blow things out of proportion, out of proportion. <laughs> <laughs> it's just <clears throat> It is, I think he's been. I think I've read before. He's described as like Bruce the Shark in Jaws. He's not yeah. in it a lot. He turns up, he fucks it up, and then he disappears yeah. again. And the whole bit um, with like the money, where he's like, "You're burning my money." No, I'm just burning my half. <laughs> he's got loud tied up on top of the big pile of money. He's just blowing shit up for fun. Like you said, the whole hospital scene where he's all dressed up and he's with Harvey Dent. That's just phenomenal. And like, the battle for Gotham's soul. It's just... We, oh, and we the, haven't even mentioned... Getting away from Heath Ledger. Yeah. The fact that they really messed with what an action film is as well in mm. Dark Knight. The big action set piece is in the middle. Yeah. It's not at the end. You have that big thing with the truck flipping and the chase. In any other film, even in a Marvel film, that is the end battle. Yeah, this is in the middle. It's part of the Joker's plan to get caught so that he can get Lau out. The guy with the bomb in his stomach. He said he'd put bright fairy lights in me. <laughs> Just oh, and Aaron Eckhart. I don't think gets a lot of love because of how good everyone else is, but yeah. he is phenomenal in this film. Mm. Yeah, he's Again, really good. not really that well known an actor. And I echo what Steve said. It wasn't what I was expecting. I thought he would get the the old acid job at the end of the film. Because obviously we get almost a, a tease of that, don't we, where the gun gets pulled on him mm. at the beginning yeah. of the film by one of Moroni's men. Um, but I w- the one thing I was really surprised at was how far they took Two-Face as well. Yeah. I thought he'd be a bit scarred up and he'd lose an eye. Yeah. Because it was Nolan and it was serious and it was real. But they fucking went for it. The yeah. melted suit, the completely melted face. And again, the effects for that really fucking stand up. Mm. Um, mm. And then also one of I think you mentioned about things in the cinema. One of the biggest winces I think I've ever had in the cinema is when Batman throws Eric Roberts off the thing and he lands on his ankles. Oh yeah! yeah. And you just hear his ankles crunch. That still makes me go a little bit funny now. Um, mm. We haven't even mentioned. Do you want to know how I get these? How I got these scars? Which oh, yeah, is exactly. another one of those yeah. moments yeah. where you just kind of because that was a thing. Because I remember a step back. Read, I remember reading it, and they said, "Oh yeah, we're not going to explain who he is. We're not going to give him the backstory." Because obviously, the first Batman film with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson that was the Joker story. Mm. That was the Joker yeah. film. He got his backstory. He got his thing. And I remember 
thinking, oh, that's cool that they aren't giving you a backstory. And then when he first does it, he first says, mm. do you want to know how I got these scars? I was yeah. disappointed. Like, oh, they told us we're not going to get that. And then he tells a different story again. And you're just like, oh, that's fucking clever. Yeah. And then even at the end where he goes to tell Batman, do you want to know how he goes? No, nope, but I know how you got these. And he fires <laughs> blades at his face. It's just, uh, and even like his laugh as he's falling hmm. down because he thinks he's beaten Batman because he's made Batman kill him. Yeah. He's happy to mm. die because he's broken Batman. Oh, yeah. I mean, clearly from my voice, my tone, and you guys can see me, I fucking love this film. It's, it's probably <laughs> my most watched film ever. Because mm. um, as much as anything, it's one that my wife likes as well. So it's just like, oh, what should we watch? Like Steve said, oh, let's bang on, the, let's watch through the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. I mean, I think I've owned it about five times because I bought it. Then it came out in a fancy edition, and then it came out in a really nice Dark Knight trilogy box that I bought. Um, I've watched. It's one of the few films that I've watched like all the extras of and stuff as well. And again, mm. grounded in reality, the bat pod actually worked. Mm. The truck flip was actually a truck flip. All the little things like that is just. Oh, I love this film. I told you I, I did the uh, I did a trolley tour when I was in Chicago. And a lot of it is, and here's where they filmed this scene in The Dark Knight. Like yeah, a lot of it's Chicago. like that, huh? They love Chicago. Yeah. So, like, uh, I went under the tunnel where um, where they they do the like the the flip of oh, the, that, the lorry like, stuff. That yeah. chase scene where yeah. Gordon. And obviously, we haven't even mentioned the fact that Gordon fakes his death. Yeah. yeah. To his own it's family the as well. You, first time yeah. I saw it, you're like, "Fuck! They've killed Commissioner Gordon." People are right cunts for that in this universe, aren't they? <laughs> but yeah. But no, just love it. It's a great film. And I don't think we mentioned it for IMDb, but IMDb has Inception 2 with yeah. 8.8 and Dark Knight is 9. Yeah, that didn't surprise me. Mm. And Dark um, Knight made a billion at the box office. Bloody hell. Which at the time wasn't that regular and was a big deal. Um, other people's top 10 lists... Uh, we have Craig has Memento at number five, Dunkirk at number four, Inception at number three, The Dark Knight at number two, and The Prestige at number one. Um, when I uh, <laughs> then uh, Bass has Memento at number seven. These are like some people haven't watched all of them. Um, Dunkirk at number yeah. six, Dark Knight Arises at number five, Inception at number four. Interstellar at number three, Dark Knight at number two, Prestige at number one. A lot of love for Prestige amongst the yeah the listeners. People do like it. Yes. Uh, Dan had Insomnia at number eight, Dark Knight Rises at number seven, six he has the following, five he has Prestige, four he has Batman, three Inception, two Dark Knight, one Memento. Yeah, so um, I have seen the following. Mm yonks ago and it, it's it's decent but it would definitely be number 11 in all mm. lists. I've heard it's good well, um, it. Jack Honey has 4 Dark Knight Rises 4 Inception 3 Dark Knight 2 Batman Begins number 1 um, and then lastly Phil has Dark Knight Rises 6 Tenet number 5 Instill number 4 Batman Begins number 3 Inception number 2 and Dark Knight number 1 so there we go Nolan done finally no first yes. completed it mate yeah uh this was a lot of fun but a lot of heartache this was this was um 
I'm so glad I decided to like sit down and rewatch and for the in admittedly with Tenet for the first time watch them this afternoon because I really enjoyed them so and yeah, halfway I'm through glad I rewatched Tenet yeah. because I say it would have been much lower on my list after the, just the one viewing mm, definitely what are we what are we doing next week like so there's some marvel news but we can we can skip past that it's basically just a really cool video on youtube that shows some eternal footage and also yeah, minor bit yeah. which looks good yeah more shang chi yeah and also yeah. sneakily announced the fantastic four as well but uh you know yeah uh, then gave um the new captain marvel film a new title which is the marvels which means it's going to be captain marvel ms marvel and uh photon apparently going to be the main characters in that and also and- yeah, Black Panther Wakanda forever. Fuck yeah. me, that is a that yeah. is setting up for a heartbreaking. I'm going to cry my way through that it? film. I think, yeah. <laughs> you, you almost think it, that's almost in my head at the moment. That is Chadwick forever as well, isn't it? Essentially, pretty much. Yeah. Mm. They say it's going to be like a um, an honourable tribute to him, don't they? So yeah, because the thing is, as harsh as it is to say, and this might come up in future podcasts yeah. where we talk about other franchises, they've sort of got to kill him, haven't they? You can't have a Black Panther film without T'Challa in it. No, yeah, but they, they could probably get away there. with not killing him. Admittedly, they didn't do that in another franchise where one of the lead actors died that we might be talking about very soon. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I don't know. Regardless, I think I think I trust them to do something good. Oh, they'll, with this. they'll do yeah, it yeah. right, but I can't see how you can't. He can't be alive, is what I mean, because mm. he would be there to protect Wakanda or whatever. But we, we shall see. Also, find it funny that, that they've announced year, films up to twenty twenty three. Still no Blade. Still no Captain America four. So interesting. Yeah, there we go. Well, Captain America has just mm. been announced as a sort of we're looking at it, isn't it? Rather yeah. than a it was on the go. Yeah. Um, other than that, what are we doing next week? I can't remember what we decided next week. Well, we, we haven't really decided the order on the rest yeah. of them, so. Okay, we'll discuss that in a bit, probably, and we'll let yeah. people know. Mm. But yeah, we'll talk about that offline. Yes, mm. indeed. Nolan verse done. Thank you for listening. If you want to contact us on any of the social medias, it's at TMT OOH on all of them on the main pod. Uh, I had a weekend off to um, catch up with the NFL draft because I put a ton of work into that. Uh, so, but uh, World Cup super villains or movie villains should be back up now. Uh, the main pod that should be going up roughly the same time as this one. We just covered the basic nerdy news um and that's about it come join the discord you link is on twitter and instagram uh say at tmtoh thank you for listening guys thank you terry thank you steve thank you inception yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh speak to you speak to, blah 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 back again next week goodbye <laughs>